ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo. With me tonight, as always, Mr. Cristiano Oliveira, the original. What's, what's up? up? What's up? What's up? Yo, tens começar a dizer... Falar para o boneco. Sounds better than talking Falar to the doll. Because half of people think you're like literally talking to a, like a blow-up doll, like a sex doll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Falar para o boneco. Benfica podcast. Sounds better. Sounds better? Yeah, sounds better. That's great. That's a great idea, Cristiano. That's I think nice, I'm going to follow that. That's a nice uh, way to welcome our Portuguese listeners. Absolutely right. Uh, uh, and on the other side of uh, of the border, up in the great white north, Dave de Oliveira. What's going on, Dave? Uh, not too much. I'm still up here in the uh, northern side of the border. They ha The uh, evil empire hasn't kicked me out yet, so uh, good to be back on here tonight. Has it stopped snowing yet? Uh, here no snow, but I think in Montreal they got a big snowstorm today. There you go. Before uh, before we get we get further ahead here on the podcast, I just want to give my uh, my primo Dave a little word of advice. Primo. And Dave, it, it, I just want to make this short and simple, David. If you want me to keep following you on Twitter, you better stop with that with that WrestleMania talk. All right, I'm just let you know hey. it's the quickest way to get chopped up, wasting my timeline with talking about fake you know fake crap. There's a big fan base for wrestling, man, and that 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 shit's legit. Phenomenal. It's, uh, it's WrestleMania it. season. Enjoy it. Just keep it. I watched the first WrestleMania way back in 1908, it seems like, uh, between Hulk Hogan and uh, Ultimate Warrior. And then I realized that it was all BS and I, I turned hey, it uh, off. But again, you can keep talking about all that. I'm not telling Just don't do it on my time. Hey, Extiendo, do you know what the difference is between WrestleMania and the novella you'd catch on Univision? Sex scenes. No, one is spoken uh, in Spanish. That's the only difference. Yep. Anyway, you make you came up with that on your own. Just bro, now, you're good. Bro. Just now, you're just good. now. Uh, it, it, the, the comedic value of this uh, podcast never fails. Yes, that's why we got to get it out right at the beginning because we don't want people laughing throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back on track today. Tonight we're we're serving up episode number 319 on the podcast tonight on the menu. I should say uh, we're going to look back at uh, Benfica's second leg Portuguese Cup match against Sporting. We'll also look uh, back at this past weekend's game in Santa Maria de Feira against Ferenc. And we'll look ahead to Eintracht Frankfurt. That comes up this Thursday, first leg of the Europa League, uh, and also Stubel, Vitória de Stubel, which comes up this weekend. So that's what we got. We got a, we got a full plate. I can't believe we wasted that's, time talking about wrestling. That's that's too much work for one episode, bro. Too much work for one episode? That's too much to cram in. I mean, I tried everything I could, everything in my power, to forget that sporting game as quickly as possible. Now you want me to come over and rehash it once again. I, I honestly, I, I I don't remember anything. I don't even remember that that game happened a couple weeks ago. I mean, to me, it was, I mean. A couple it, weeks ago. Yeah. Let, let me re, let me refresh your memory. I'll give you the starting 11s. Vilar was in goal. Almeida, Diaz, Jardel, and Grimaldo were in the back line. In the midfield, Faisa and Gabriel. On the wings, Pizzi and Rafa, and up front, Seferovic and João Felix. That's how we uh, lined up against uh, Sporting. Uh, again, uh, uh, well, where can we start with this game, right? So right off the bat, I, I, I think that 
Sporting's, Sporting's attitude right off the bat showed that they really wanted the game. They're playing at home. Uh, they chased Benfica. They pressed high in this first couple of 15 minutes. Uh, first couple of 15 minutes. First 15 minutes. And uh, really, the, you could you could tell, you could see that their desire was to chase this result and to beat Benfica. Uh, Benfica only started getting into their, their game plan, into their flow, perhaps around the, the 20th minute. And that by that time, they started uh, exchanging the ball and doing the, the, the nice combinations that Lajas brought to this team. Uh, but nonetheless... Uh, we had a setback in the 17th minute. Gabriel, who uh, who kicked Rafinha's uh, uh, foot, uh, twisted his knee. And from what we understand, it was a ligament injury, but not severe enough that he would have to undergo surgery. Nonetheless, at least we hope. Yeah. Nonetheless. We yeah. Well, we got to see how, how according uh, to the doctors, you don't need surgery. Think that that rest will be enough. But uh, we just hope that, you know, that we look at it three months down the line and they're like, oh, crap. We need to go in there and fix something. So hopefully they, they got the diagnosis right and uh, he'll yeah. be back as soon as possible because we, we all know how important he is to Benfica's midfield. Yeah, no, nonetheless, uh, he has been deemed out for the rest of the season. So a, a big loss for uh, for Benfica. So uh, Benfica kind of finishes the half, uh, you know, even with Sporting comeback. And again, Sporting, again, trying to chase the result and, and playing in, in their own stadium in front of their own fans and having that away goal, which was uh, extremely crucial. Uh, Sporting was just chasing. And uh, 64th minute, Jonas came in for João Felix. And João Felix is, what's going on with João Felix, Cristiano? He's, he's looking kind of, is he tired? Is he mentally exhausted? Has it been too many games for a 19-year-old to handle mentally and physically? I think Felix would benefit from a rest. But, look, I'm I'm surprised how you're just moving from the whole first half to the 60th minute. I mean, I was very disappointed at the way Benfica came out. I, I understand uh, that some Benfica fans try to put a positive spin on it and, you know, try to tell you that Sporting didn't really have clear-cut chances. But at the end of the day, this was a game that – you all right? Okay, you too fun. Uh, this was a game that Benfica, in my mind, absolutely needed to win. We needed to to make it to a final at Taça de Portugal. I mean, think about it. In the last 32 years, Benfica have only won five Taças de Portugal, which is embarrassing for, for Benfica. It's embarrassing for the, 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 the club and the grandeza of this club. It's 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 something that I do not take kindly uh, or lightly, I should say. And I think Benfica needed to come into this game rather than take our opposition lightly like we did. I knew Benfica should have taken this game as serious as Sporting took this game. And, and credit to Sporting. He came out. They meant business. You could tell they wanted to win this game. And we understand different objectives at this at this point of the season. Benfica are fighting for the Campeonato. Sporting is out of it. They've already won a Taça da Liga, and they had a chance to salvage their season here by making it to the finals and and and, and, uh, and for their sake, right? Uh, hopefully getting another cup, which I really don't care who wins between those two teams, but talking as far as, you know, th th their ambition, uh, they're going to want to win that game, and they came out and they played well, and I think Benfica kind of took them lightly, and, and, and I just want to see my Benfica return to the days of uh, of of when I was a little kid, when I fell in love with Benfica, taking every competition seriously rather than always coming up with BS excuses. And that's the thing that pisses me off. And that's why I was so pissed off and upset about that result on Wednesday, which was every time nowadays, right? It seems like every time Benfica gets smacked around in the Champions League, oh, it's okay because, you know, the Campeonato is the objective. And then you go to the Tasa de Liga and then you, you, you get knocked out of the Tasa. Oh, it's okay because the, the Campeonato is the objective. And then we lose in the Tasa Liga. Oh, it's okay. Like, 
it, it seems like people have become okay with losing. And I know you're going to lose. Sometimes you can't win at all. But I will. I want to take these competitions serious. I want Benfica to take every single competition that they're in as serious as possible. And if they can't get a positive result, it is what it is. But I, at least they're showing to me and to the rest. I mean, not to me. I'm irrelevant. But showing to us Benficistas that they mean business and that every competition is meant to be won. And that Benfica, a team... With, with with its history, a team with 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 its unlimited funds in Portuguese football, at least, right? That's Needs what they say in, in Portuguese football. I'm not saying you know in, in European. I'm talking about Portuguese football. You have five tasas the league, uh, tasas Portugal in the last 32 years. It's freaking embarrassing. And so I did not take that game lightly. I, and I understand that maybe the the Gabriel injury kind of changed things and and I do think he's a very important player for Benfica uh and it, it might have changed things but it's still the attitude even in those first 17 minutes it seemed like Benfica was going there for a walk in the park where Sporting wanted to win that game at all costs and I want to see that hunger from my team yeah but it, here's the thing also right so I think Benfica when Benfica steps on the field and and even in the talks and the game plan you have to be prepared for what Sporting is going to bring those first 15, 20 minutes. They're going to come at you. They're going to want to try to get the, the early goals so they could they could be even or even up in this case uh, in in the in the, uh, the select of the two uh, of the two legs. And I think that's what Sporting yeah, did. Yeah, you expect that. You expected the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, but then after that, you got to go get a result. This was a situation that Benfica scores one measly goal. And that's it. It's out of reach. It's over. It's a wrap. Sporting's not going to get back into it. it. It seemed to me that Benfica was content with letting Sporting have the ball, was content with coming on account. And I know they had a couple of chances, but it was never really – Benfica never had control of the game at any point. I think Benfica sat back on their morals and looked back at the two at the two uh, matches they had uh, back, what, in February, whenever the hell it was. I mean, how, how long ago that they played the first leg in the Taça, in the Taça of Portugal against Sporting. Benfica won 2-1. to one. But then they, they obviously, a couple of days earlier, they smacked Sporting. For the for the league and us, and I think Benfica kind of you know came into this game like yeah we're good you know ah this team they're not going to be able to do anything against us and we'll be able to hold on right now with this result it's good enough to get us to 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 to, to the finals and and I don't like that attitude again as I've stated before and I'll say it again had we gotten one goal that's it the, the it's it's out it's out of reach it's over. Dave, what do you? I think, what, what? I, I think we were unlucky in the first half not to uh, score a goal in the the first half. We had a lot of chances, uh, just the poor finishing uh, in the attacking uh, sector there uh, between Seferovic and uh, João Felix too. Yeah, Dave, do you do you think was uh, was overconfidence by Benfica? Do you think we were we were a bit uh, too respectful of Sporting at that level a lot? I don't know if it was overconfidence or like uh, Cristiano's uh, been mentioning whether or not this team took this uh, competition seriously. I know Bruno Lage at the end of the uh, the game spoke about uh, about uh, well, the Campeonato is the the real focus here, but that's not what we want to hear. At least that's not what I want to hear as a Benfica fan because. At the end of the day, it's about winning uh, multiple titles uh, in domestically and whatever competition that we're in. So that was kind of a cop-out uh, saying or excuse by Bruno Lage. I didn't uh, appreciate that saying, oh, well, the focus here is for the Campeonato. But um, 
yeah it, it what ends up coming or uh, what i take away from this is the that w- away goal from uh bruno fernandes at the uh, stadio de luge that game we had it in the bag and uh we gave him that opportunity and we gave him a lifeline with that uh, away goal and Turns out that seems to be the difference uh, in this picture here. I grew up in a time when every loss from Benfica was an actual disaster. <laughs> and now it seems like everyone's content with, oh, we lost. It's okay. It's okay because our objective is is the Campeonato. And I, I don't like that. I think Benficistas need to be demanding. And I think when we start to settle, we become sporting. And I don't want to become sporting. I don't know anyone that's listening that wants to become sporting. And if you do, go ahead, jump ship and go to the other side of the city, and you can become a sportingista. If you're a Benficaista, you should always demand the best of your team to put the best foot forward every opportunity and every match that they play. Yeah, I, I think that uh, what we saw at the end of the uh, of the game and uh, past the whistle, uh, and look, regardless of who um, provoked who. That was embarrassing. All right? Uh, but... The way Benfica behaved uh, really showed a frustration on their part. And they I think that that kind of shows that they knew they should have done better in this game. And that's why there was so much frustration at the end of the game uh, with a, a, a lot of uh, screaming back and forth. And regardless of what the Rafa was provoked by. Uh, uh, yeah, that whole situation was, was, but, was embarrassing by, by Bruno Gaspar, a former yeah. Benfica kid, getting in his face. I mean, look. I would have done the same thing that, that that Rafa did. I probably would have done worse. All right, once I got to him, but now I, I think it's 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 a sham. I think it's 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 a joke. The league, the the, the some Portuguese makes a mockery out of it. I mean, Rafa gets a second yellow for a red card. Had to miss the next match against Ferenc. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. But he gets a two hundred and two euro, uh, two hundred and two and fifty cents, whatever. That, fine. I mean, what? The, look, he should have gone. He should have gotten. You know, a, a, a heavier f- a fine. Bruno Gaspar should have gotten a heavy fine because you want to get that aspect of the game out of it. You don't want that type of buffoonery to go on after a game. That was totally embarrassing for both clubs. Obviously, you don't want Rafa to react like that, but I think he was provoked. And again, I would have done worse, so I'm not really going to kill him. I just think that the league, to give the guy a 200 euro fine, I mean, come on, that's laughable, bro. Yeah, what but, is that? But, what uh, is that? Uh, you know, I, th- I thought that uh, Bifika's attitude after the game really showed the frustration and the really some of the helplessness and a and powerless and, of, and what, of being what? able to do something and, else. And, and let me ask you a question. Like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but mentioning that, what, what you were satisfied with that? I mean, what are you what are you trying well, to say by that? Here's here's the here's the thing, right? So I think that the, the body language and and the attitudes and the actions after what, the that game, meant something to you. It, it meant something to me in the aspect that the team felt they could have done more, so and the, they didn't. The previous, they didn't leave everything on the field. So the previous ninety minutes when they were sleepwalking, that that that's. That, that, no, no, that, no. To you, you're okay with the to, lack late, to, with the lack of performance. That just carried on to post game. I don't care. To me, don't show me your toughness after the game. Show me no, your no, toughness no, during I'm the game. I'm not talking about toughness. I'm talking about the the, the level of frustration to the point that it, it, every every place on the field where there were Benfica players, there seemed to be some some kind of shoving match. And and what that tells me is that during the 90 minutes, the players felt that they could have done more and they didn't do it more. So there's a level of frustration. They felt they were uh, perhaps they, they, they felt that they were poorly beaten or they were unjustly beaten that and they're capable of more. Look, I'm not going to press it. Right. Because obviously you're entitled to your opinion. I respect the hell out of you. So that's your opinion. That's fine. I, and look, at the end of the day, I would have liked to seen that attitude during the 90 minutes, not afterwards. 
Um, because I like to think any professional player, I don't care at what level, anytime you lose a game, you're going to be frustrated. It just so happened that that happened to be a, a, against your crosstown rival. And then the guys were harping and talking crap. And obviously frustrations were going to, were going to flare, but I would have, I would have liked as a Benfica to see some of that, some of that some, fire, some of that aggression, some of that fire when they're actually losing, which I, I mean, I understand it was like, what they scored in the 84th minute, whatever it was. It wasn't. But, it wasn't like they scored in the middle of the game. They figured out a lot of time to come back. But I would have liked it to see that attitude, that but, aggression throughout the 90 minutes, not after. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is that that aggression is a reflection that they realized that they didn't play well enough to beat the Sporting team. That's what I'm trying to say. Not so much that, okay, where was the fire during the game? But after the game, their attitudes and their, their posture – uh, after the game really shows that the team felt they didn't do well enough to win this game. Uh, and here's the other thing. I, you know, uh, I, I understand what you're saying about uh, getting used to winning. I mean, Fikista should never get used to winning, should never get look used for... used to winning or used to losing? Used to losing, sorry. They should get used to winning. They, like, they should never get used to, to losing. And, and I think that... Looking at things with uh, the glass uh, half full should never be the attitude that you should have, right? Yeah, I, I, I think there should be a balance because I'm a glass half empty type of guy. No, we but, all know that anybody that listens to the podcast knows I'm always, but, I mean, like the world's ending. But here's the thing, right? Um, the guys that, that as you mentioned, uh, lose this competition, all right, well, the, the objective is the championship. I understand. I understand that. I understand the way you look at that. But you should you should hold your team to a to a higher standard. You you should want your team to to put everything into these competitions. And I understand that there's a lot of management that that takes place. There, there's there's man management. There's effort management that takes place. But you should enter every competition with I, the intent of winning. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this. Fine. But I'm gonna do it. Fine. Because trust me, you and you know me. I despise this. But football club Porto takes every competition serious, regardless of who the hell they play. They went into Liverpool today and they were talking tough. Even though they knew they were probably in the back of their heads, they knew they weren't gonna beat them. But they were talking tough. And I know a friend of mine like Hugo, oh, they never took the Tasa League. I don't look the Tasa League is a joke. And they started taking it serious last year, whatever. But Tasa Portugal, Campeonato, and Champions League, they take those competitions serious. I want Benfica to have that same attitude. Benfica is not a stepping stone. Benfica is not a team that other teams get their rocks off on. Okay? Going into Basileia and losing 5-0, I can't believe that people didn't try to set the stadium on fire with anger. That's embarrassing. No, I, I get it. And a lot of people just could say, oh, you know, we're not going to win the Champions League anyway. So, 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 I, so. I get it. So what happened last year? So we kept pushing everything to the Campeonato. Did we win the Campeonato last year? Nope. So, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Okay. Maybe the other competitions we should have taken seriously. I get it. I get it. You you got it. And again, and but I'm not trying to. Guys, I'm sorry, man. The guys that are listening and to you, Alfredo, and and uh, and you, Dave. I I don't mean to come over here because I don't want to do this, man. I just I want to see my team win, man. I want my team to 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 take competition seriously and come out there, put the best foot forward, and try their best, and not try to rotate players and make one competition more important than the next. I mean, they keep telling you the most important game is the very next game, and then they rotate half the team. Well, I don't know if they rotated half the team, Cristiano. They got Sevilla. What do you mean? Well, they, 
and everybody else was was Filar face and, and Jardel. Everybody Why else. Why are we was, talking about one game in particular? I'm talking about throughout the season. They went into Istanbul with like eight eight different changes. That's I'm talking about. They take different competitions more serious than others. Am I, I right or wrong? I, you're right. Again, but here's again, the Benfica thing. Benfica needs to get to a goddamn Tassel de Liga, Tassel Portugal final. And look, Svilar, you're a professional. You're getting paid handsomely. Look, it is what it is. We're on the road. I don't give a crap that you played. We need to. We need a Tassel Portugal. Right? You put your starter in. That's it. it is what, yo, you're at this level. Your feelings, it is what... Jose Mourinho played Romero the whole way through. When it came to the final, he played the Gea. It is what it is, bro. Look, when, when you need to win a competition, you put your best players out there. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly after this game, you, you get the feeling that Benfica left some out there. They didn't. They didn't put everything that they needed to. And and look, when when you see that, and then you think, oh, you know, Campeonato is the objective, then you shouldn't be okay with that. So 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 now, God forbid, God forbid, Lord, Lord, please, please, don't listen to this part. God forbid, Benfica don't win the Campeonato. It's a lost season. It's nothing. Nothing. All well, this for nothing. Two seasons in a row with no uh, trophies. But here's the thing, and and people then will look at well, Rui Vitória was uh, was was to blame. Because it hadn't been for Rui Vittori, we would have won this championship. Why? Why? Well, I'm did just we, saying that's the way people will spin it. Did we not take a two-point lead afterwards? Yes. Well, but was it Rui Vittori that gave up that two points? But people will find a way to spin this. Of course. Everybody's going to spin it whatever way excuse. they want. I'll, I'll spin it my way. You spin it your way. Dave spins it his way. But at the end of the day, did they not take a two-point lead in the Cup not? Did they not lose or, or, or drop points, I should say? In the very next game, after the biggest game of the season against their biggest, yep. uh, their, their biggest uh, rival for the Campeonato, they beat Porto one zero at home. The next, the, the, the first round, going to going to Stadio Nacional, lose to Bolinas. Yep. They go into the Dragão, the most impressive performance of the season. Obviously, no doubt. being able to overturn a, a one and deficit, coming away with three points at the Dragão, very tough place to play, and we know everything and everyone is against us. Very next game, rookie little childish mistakes. You drop another two points. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you could blame Rui Vitor all you want, but the fact of the matter is that Benfica did take a two-point lead that they squandered afterwards. Yeah, Rui Vitor wasn't there to squander that lead. Yeah, they, they, look, they they got into the driver's seat and then they opened the door and let somebody else into the passenger seat that is now shifting gears. And now look, they're still <laughs> they're still look they're, they're still in the driver's seat. Still, uh, they hold their own destiny, and and you know they just need to win every single what, six more games. Now they need to win every single one of them, yep. and hopefully we'll be celebrating Trinta set. But again, I just want Benfica to take every competition seriously, and uh, and and I don't want to see people being content with dropping you know uh, competitions here and there because our objective, our objective, our objective. Well, if your objective is to just win Campeonato Nacional and come out in third place in the Champions League and go into the UEFA, that's fine. And that that's that's perfect. But don't come to me and talk to me that you're, you know, one of the biggest in Europe and one of the biggest uh, clubs in the world and all this history. Bah, 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 when you're running yourself like you're sporting. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, so out of the, the Portuguese Cup, now we uh, shift our attention to the, the Liga Nosh, uh game Before of, we go, before we go to the Portuguese Cup, before we go. Amazing, yeah, yeah, no, because we you want to talk now. You, you made me like relive. <laughs> yeah, I thought you had so, buried so, those emotions. No, no, man. but now since we're talking about it, Svilor, a guy that I mentioned just a minute ago, do you think that was his last day? Even and to you, Alfred, you think that was his last performance in a Bifiga uniform? At least for the foreseeable future? 
Dave, I'll let you take that. Okay. And I'll, uh, give, I'll give my opinion also. Yeah, probably uh, probably a year alone wouldn't uh, wouldn't be bad for his uh, career. So uh, I don't years. know how a year or two years he's still young enough fires, bro after that. <laughs> no you can no, we signed him for like five or six years we signed him for he's, at least four he's still young years. he's still he's still young he can i think a year away from the club and getting the starting uh minutes would do him well because right now we've seen uh with him on the bench and whenever he does get a chance to play even with benfica b he has not been uh, good uh, between the uh, posts, and uh, I think it would be uh, really uh, beneficial to his career to get away from the club and get some uh, starting minutes with a different club, whether that be in Portugal or somewhere else in Europe. Um, look, I um, I agree with you. I think that a, a player that young, especially for a keeper, uh, you have to be extraordinary, and your levels of confidence have to be way, way high way from the get-go and i think that he was given the opportunities last year uh and he didn't really help himself and i think that he, he's kind of left himself with a lot of uh doubt uh then his main competition varela went to uh, this year uh he saw this guy step in and this guy was was much better than him and i don't think that he's had his his confidence the same uh, since then, whether or not he's good enough, I, I, look, look, I think that there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talent uh, in Svilar. I just think that he needs those reps. He needs the rotation. Uh, and I just think that, uh, uh, like you, Dave, a loan deal right now, even if it's to a Riwav like Ederson, like Oblak, uh, let him let him go. Murenes, let him let him go. Let him let him fight there and let him get his confidence back. Just don't just, just don't throw in the stupid low uh, option of buy clause that, that they threw in a Jovic and a, and a Cristante and now a Chiquinho. Uh, you know, yeah. Don't don't throw in that stupid clause. Well, I mean, there, there's obviously a, within Portugal there's a reason for for why Benfica did that. And, uh, you know, that's going to be one of the topics on uh, on our our new show, our new YouTube show, Time Added On. So don't forget to uh, check that out. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's turn our attention out to, uh, Ferenc, uh, Benfica played, uh, Ferenc this past, uh, Sunday. And, uh, I'll give you the lineup. Vlacodimus in goal, Almeida, Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo, Samaris and Florentino, Pizzi, and Tarapt, Felix, and Seferovic. So, Cristiano, I'll, I'll, um, I'll go with, I'll, I'll start with you because everybody knows that, uh, they, you've been, I wouldn't say a defender. But you've always been a guy that is always willing to give Tarap a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. You since since Tarap joined Benfica, you always had a thing for for Tarap, and you were always you were also you admittedly understood that he, he wasn't the best professional that he came to camp uh, uh, overweight. But you you understand and you realize that there, his talent is there. There's there's a player uh, beneath all of that. How did you feel when you first learned that uh, you were starting this game? I was surprised, very surprised. I, I anticipated he would obviously make the start, uh, the, uh, make the the game eighteen. Um, and, and with with all the the changes, Gabriel being injured, Rafa being suspended for this match. I, you and I had a conversation. I, you know, I was like, ah, he might start, but ultimately, I didn't believe he would start. I still think uh, Bruno Lage would take his time and 
getting them acclimated to things and throwing them into the rotation. And I, I was I was surprised, and obviously it was a pleasant surprise. And look, Tarapt is a player that that the guy oozes talent. He's naturally gifted, and so I, I I like to give those guys every opportunity possible. And especially, man, when you have a guy like that signed for five years, making the absurd amount of money that he's making, to totally discard the guy and just let him rot on the bench is asinine and irresponsible for anyone associated with Benfica. Because well, but that it, depends, though, right? Is he is he working like all the again, other guys? Again, if you give the guy every opportunity to get in shape and to, you take care of that, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's still making two point whatever the hell million he is a year. And whether you like the guy or not, your objective is to get rid of that guy and his salary as soon as possible. And by sending him to the beach to practice on his own, all you're going to do is prolong that decision. All you're going to do is you're going to have to be forced to pay him every single goddamn penny of that of that five-year deal. So it benefits you to get the guy in shape. It benefits you to, to, to yeah, get this guy out of your team. He's an asset. He's an asset at the end of the day on your pitch. And most importantly, if you don't like the guy, you don't think he's a professional, try to eat it up and get him through a season just so you can get rid of him and his salary from the club. Yeah, Dave. What did you think of uh, Tarab start in his uh, in his performance? Yeah, I was I was shocked to see him uh, start, but again, uh, with Bruno Lage, we should we should expect the unexpected when these uh, starting lineups come out, because uh, as we've seen in the past, he's going to give uh, anybody opportunity. If you if he show if he sees that you're putting in the effort in the training ground, then he's going to reward you uh, with some minutes. Um, his play overall. Um, you could see that he has the talent, but I don't know if it was more rustiness that uh, he doesn't have the uh, the same rhythm um, playing with the other individuals on the uh, team. So it keep it wanted me uh, wanting more from him, but I'm I'm not gonna come on here and shit on the guy and be like, oh, why why do we start him? You know, we, I, we're here to support him. He's a Benfica, he's a Benfica player. I don't know if uh, well. You know, he's wearing a Benfica shirt. He's wearing a Benfica. I'm with you, Dave, because there's. Yeah. It seems like he's getting a, a lot of hate on social media. There's a lot of people criticizing him for his past and being unprofessional. And again, uh, and I'm his biggest fan. I'll be the first one to tell you the guy was not professional and and he did not, you know, deserve an opportunity on the first team. But not to just totally discard the guy for four years and have him practice on his own and and say this guy's never going to put on a Benfica. I think it's it's irresponsible of any director at the club. Um, I do like the fact that. Every time he touches the ball, it seems like he wants to go forward, Dave. I mean, yes, sometimes he looks rusty, but he has the right mentality in mind. I think that's the reason why Bruno Lage plays him. You've seen in this past game against Fidesz, he felt a lot more comfortable. He had a little bit more touch on the ball than he did in his previous two appearances. Um, and, uh, and and I like the fact that he was going forward a lot. Yeah, Dave? Yeah, and, you know, he had a couple of uh, chances there. One went way over the bar, and if Almeida wasn't uh, in the way of his uh, his shot in the second half, who knows if that ball was going in the uh, top corner there. But, you know, he has his chances. We still got to remember that this is only his third game playing with the uh, A squad. So uh leaves us wanting more, and uh, I'm only wishing the best for him because I know he's been more of like a uh, a myth and legend on this podcast and more of a, the butt end of jokes here. So you, uh, you, good you, to see. You pulled up some stats on him. Yeah, you know, 
yeah, you know, he played 81 minutes. He completed 83, uh, almost 84% of his passes. You know, he's just uh, one. He's on the right track. We'll put it that way. He's on the right track. Yeah. I, look, it, it, to me, I just uh, I understand that he could be a polarizing figure because um, and look, we, we don't know all the the background with that opt and. Luis Fleetfieta, we know that Luis Fleetfieta at one point said that that app would never uh, put on the Benfica jersey. Uh, we don't know what kind of conversations and, and what kind of conclusions uh, Rui Vitoria reached when that app was under him. Um, but the fact that uh, that Laj has been able to recuperate him uh, and has publicly said that he has been working hard just like any other uh, member of the team, intensity is good. Uh, why not give him a chance? Look, the, the talent is there. I, I don't think there's one person in this globe that questions the talent. Now, I understand that he's a polarizing figure, and I understand that some people may think that for for, for the three years or the four years of his contract, that I basically sucked Benfica dry because he was never professional enough or he didn't make the right moves to give himself a chance like he has now. Again, we don't know if that was uh, something that was uh, preconditioned by what Rui Vitoria thought about him. We don't know how much pressure came from Luis Fleetfieta saying that uh, giving Rui Vitoria now for, for not playing him, we don't know. The fact of the matter is that he, he's a good player. He does seem to me that he's he plays at a different rhythm than everyone else, but that could just be a, the, his gait and the, the way he runs and the way he moves. Uh, but look, uh, I don't think anybody could question the guy's talent. So um, 81 minutes, good for him uh, playing against this uh, this Ferenc uh, team. Um, let's get um, into the Ferenc uh, game, though. Uh it seems to me that every time that Porto has played before Benfica, Benfica enters games uh, very pressured. Um, nervous again, gave up one goal in, in, in the 10th minute, which was a great goal. I don't understand miscommunication between Andre Almeida and perhaps Vlaco Dimus, and, and one of them didn't, didn't chase the ball. Uh, Ferenc gets back. Uh, and, and after Ferenc gets that, that one goal, they just sat behind the ball and they countered Benfica. Um, I thought that uh, that that second goal that was called back for Ferenc uh, was was a doubtful call. Uh, the images shown by Sport TV uh, weren't really that clear uh, whether he was offside or not. But then after the game. Sport TV does uh, a juizo final, which is basically they have all the angles that VAR has access to, uh, and they were able to zoom in and find a piece of white shorts ahead of the line. So uh, maybe that's what the referees looked at, and they called it. Um, but, but come on, we got to call a, a spade a spade here. We we were gifted that one. They didn't even go to VAR on that goal. It was a straight offside call. Well, and we should have gone to VAR, Dave, because I think any but they goal didn't. that's they just reviewed. Called, no, no, they didn't go to VAR on that one. They just, it, it was uh Well, but uh, we don't, he didn't go to VAR, but VAR might have looked at it and said, you're, you're good to go. I think uh, if that's the case, it was kind of close and they should have reviewed it. I, I, I'm going to call call a spade a spade here. I think we were gifted on that yeah, one. Uh, we, we, spent, we spent a lot of time last week. On the oh, yeah. podcast, talking Absolutely. about the uh, the referees in Portugal and how we got away, or we haven't been getting uh, the calls. But I think you know what, 
the refs gave us a, a clear break on this one because going down two nothing to Ferenc, and like you said, they were already starting to push back and and uh, play behind the ball of two nothing against a, a Ferenc. I don't think uh, we would have come away with three points, uh, unfortunately. But uh, we get that break, I think, and uh, the game is still wide open from there. Yeah, and then uh, talking about gifts, that was the penalty on Pizzi, was which was extremely soft. These are the penalties that we're used to seeing getting called in favor of uh, Porto and uh, Sporting. Uh, and I thought it was extremely soft, and I knew the controversy was going to start. I knew that the crying was going to start right away. And this is not the time. As a Benficista, I hate to see calls like that go our way because we have spent the better half of three, four months complaining about these soft calls that Sporting gets and that Porto gets, and then when we benefit these calls, which we're, we're also entitled to be, be uh, benefited of, of calls like this, it, it's not something that leaves me with a with a very good feeling. So we tied up the game in that very soft penalty, uh, and then bef uh, before the half, we go uh, we go up to one. Uh, by Andre Almeida. Was it before the half? Or was it after the half? Yep, right before the half. Right before the half, two one, and 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 look, I think that uh, that couldn't have been better set up for Benfica because the way Benfica was playing, the way they were struggling to penetrate uh, those two banks of 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 four or even more because the whole entire finance team was behind the ball. I thought that Benfica was going to have a a very hard time. Then Benfica comes out for the for the second half, and and again, uh, that gift. Uh, from the from uh, Ferenc, uh, Seferovic does very well uh, to put that ball over the goalie. Goalie that come out but didn't get the ball. The defender cleared the ball with his head and it fell to Seferovic's uh, feet and he he scored a, a nice chapelle. Um, and I, I think at at that point three one, I think that, that the game was done because there was a lot of frustration on Ferenc's part because they felt that they were being unjustly uh, uh, brought down by the by the refereeing. And, and look, uh, I think that um, this is a game that we definitely benefited for some of the uh, mistakes or soft calls that our opponents have been getting all season. Uh, but then again, on this, in the 67th minute, there was an, a non-call for a PK on Befica after Grimaldo's shot was blocked by the hand. So maybe the, those two PKs uh, even themselves out. With that one, it kind of goes off the the defender's leg and then touches the the hand. But yeah, you make the, the case for that. Yeah, yeah, you make the you can make the case for that one too. It's just more examples of the inconsistency of the uh, refereeing in Portuguese soccer, right? And it 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 goes always. We can't just sit here and say that it goes against us because this week it, it did benefit us uh, as well. This week, yeah, no, absolutely. And then uh, Seferovic closes out the game, uh, getting his. Uh, his second goal of uh, of the season, 18 goals scored in the Liga Noz, uh And Ferenc has only scored 17, as as they've uh, gave me this this stat, averaging a goal every 79 minutes for Seferovic. That that's incredible. Yeah. That's uh, incredible. Now I got I gotta ask you guys something. Speaking about Seferovic, he got married the Saturday before the game. What do you think? That's kind of pushing it you know he, he had the teammates there at the wedding and this is a game uh, a day before the game and was it a day that was, was the, it two days it was a week but it was the week leading up to the game i'm not it sure had to it be like on a, the at the very week. latest uh friday because the, the team go when a team travels and they traveled on saturday 
they go into complete lockdown. They don't. That's it. The team is. It, they go to the to the stadium. It was the week of, and they. It was that week. But I mean, look. When I don't know where the wedding took place, but when you're when you can afford private jets, uh, then it's easy to to get about, right? Uh, but I think that it was during the week that he got married. Might uh, have been after the sporting game to get over the loss. <laughs> it could have been that uh, he gave that that Laj gave uh, the players the day off and. And they took that advantage of that situation to go and uh Or he could have just married. gotten married at City Hall, private little It didn't look ceremony. like City Hall. I don't know. I, I didn't see pictures. why I saw you. Yeah, okay, I didn't. I'm sorry. I had the seat I, behind I, it. Speaking out of order, I did not see. I didn't see any pictures. So Yeah. I don't know. I think I if you're a professional athlete, wait until the offseason to get married so you don't have any uh, excuses if uh, you show up with a bad performance. Well, they, they won. So who cares? They won, but... Uh, I'll get that one to the referee. If, yeah, if they had if they hadn't won, then then there's a question of uh, Severovic getting married in the middle of the week, and then not being able to put those goals away. Look, I think I think Fidens was was was, you know, obviously had a gripe with the refereeing decisions um, on the first penalty. I thought PZ that there was a touch, but I thought he uh, made a meal out of it. And then the the, the second goal that Fidens scored, obviously not going to VAR. I thought that that showed. The current situation of Portuguese football, the disregard for the smaller clubs in the league, um, and again, I, I think they 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 have a gripe there. But that being said, I think if Fedens put in the same type of yeah. effort um, in in trying to win games that they put into complaining about Benfica afterwards, I think they they might have won a game since August. Well, yeah, not only uh, that, so it would have been nice to see that same effort in another game. Yeah, not only that, playing the way they they played with the hustle and the motivation that they played in yeah, but that's expected, guys. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I say it all it the time. Is. Anytime you play Benfica, it's it's your Super Bowl, it's your World Cup finals, it's your, It is, but it's your, it's not your championship. But it but this is not your this is not your Benfica is not your league. Your league you is know, the guys on the bottom of the table. Some guys might get another contract um with another obviously they're getting relegated. And there are guys on that team fighting for first division contracts next year. And they know everyone and their mothers is going to be watching the game against Benfica. So it's their opportunity, not just to show to their family and friends, because again, everyone in Portugal is tuning into that game. Um, but to show other clubs that look, I played against Benfica and, and I played at this high level. Give me an opportunity in the first division next year because I rather much I much rather play in the first division than go down to the second division. So it is what it is. Anytime you play Benfica, you expect uh, the opposition's best and uh, credit to them. Look, they played well, but I'm just talking about their effort in the post game to to try to discredit everything Benfica did. As I said before, if they put that much effort into trying to win a game, they would have won one since August. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, so uh, three points, which is the most important thing up north, is always uh, difficult to play in these uh, uh, smaller pitches against these uh, these teams that are basically that's their their championship. And if you haven't won a, a game since August, and this is the one that you want to remember uh, your season by, uh, certainly I can understand the level of uh, of intensity and, and and motivation. And then there was, I'm sure there was other things involved. Uh, but anyway, uh, three points, as I mentioned, uh, and Bifiga continues top of the league with the head-to-head uh, -head as, as, uh, as the tiebreaker against Porto. And now we uh, turn our attention to uh, Europe, Europa League. Uh, first leg against uh, Eintracht Frankfurt comes up uh, this Thursday. Uh, Eintracht uh, is... Uh, I had a chance to, to watch Eintracht um, this um, this. This season, uh, this weekend, they played uh, on Saturday, but they've 
what's uh, what's Eintracht uh, up to? Yeah, they're having a good season. They're currently fourth in the Bundes. Uh, Liga. They haven't lost in their last 15 matches uh, dating back to uh, December 22nd of uh, last year where they lost against Bayern Munich. And uh, they've got eight wins in their last nine games. So uh, this is a team that is really in form and uh, they're going to be a tough opponent for us uh, in this stage of the Europa League. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's also a team that hasn't lost a game in the Europa League uh, campaign. Eight wins, zero losses, and two ties. Uh, they're also a team that are that are coming off a, a, of a high beating Inter in the in the last round. And it's definitely a team that comes into this matchup against Benfica very high on their confidence. Yeah, and look, I think not many people expected them to get past Inter, and credit to them, they did. They have obviously the Benfica product up there, a guy that Benfica. Loan with a stupid uh, buyout clause and Luka Jovic, who's who's their leading goal scorer. But they have another three or four players on the team that are very, very good players. And I think uh, if Benfica don't come to play um, and take this competition serious, I think it'll be a very, very long day to start to lose on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. This is a team that uh, uh, it does have a, a couple of good players. They like to play with uh, three center backs. Uh, and, and two uh, and two wing backs on the side. They keep it very stretched. They got a couple uh, workhorses in the in the midfield that that just chase and, and press. And then you got Jovic, and you got uh, Rebic up front. That there are two guys that are opportunistic. They they've been uh, they got chemistry between each other. And there this is a very um, this is a very dangerous team. I've watched them over the weekend. And they were uh, they were down at one point, and they were able to turn it around right in the, in the 90th minute. They were, got a penalty, and they ended up uh, uh, winning the game. So this is this is not an easy team uh, by any means, but this is a team that if Benfica plays to the capabilities that they have shown under Lodge, I think this is a very this is a match that we could win in uh, in uh, Lisbon. Uh, I. Very much doubt that uh, that Benfica is going to be able to surprise uh, Frankfurt, Eintracht, and, and Germany. I think that Benfica will have to play a perfect game in Germany to be able to get out of there with a positive result. But I think that the, the, the this this particular fixture or these two fixtures are it's going to be very important for Benfica to get the result at Stade Luz and not allow for uh, Eintracht to score any goals uh, at Stade Luz this uh, this coming Thursday. So, um, and then we'll have to wait and see. I mean, look, right now we uh, I've stated this, I don't know how many times here on the podcast, but we don't know how seriously they're going to take this competition. We'll have to wait and see what, but an hour prior to Thursday's game, what lineup Bruno Lodge is going to field. And then, uh, we'll be able to tell if, if Benfica is taking it seriously or not. And then obviously, uh, gauge our expectations based on that. Yeah, and uh, not a very stellar uh, record uh, for Benfica against German opponents, Dave. No, 13 wins, 14 draws, and 19 losses. Uh, I can tell you one person that uh, will not be on the roster. Jonas is suspended for the first leg uh, as well, so that's looking that like it's going to be... Europa League uh, roster? He's, he's not, registered, uh, not registered Not registered under UEFA. He'll be nice and fresh for Stubel. And that Stubel game comes up. Uh, when, when when is the Stubel game? Is uh is it this weekend or is it Monday? I think it's probably Monday. It has to be Monday. I didn't look that up. Apologize. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Benfica gets ready to uh, face Stubel at Stade Luz. Benfica will be back at Stade Luz. Uh, four of the last six games 
uh, for Benfica, for the Liga Nos, or at Stadio Luz? Sunday, 3 p.m. Sunday, 3 p.m. Local, 3 p.m. our time. Yeah. What, 8 what, p.m. in Portugal. What's Stubble up to, uh, Dave? Uh, Stubble this season um, currently sit in 11th uh, position in the Liga Nos with seven wins, 10 draws, uh, 11 losses. Um, they've won their last two games against Maritimo and uh, Ferenc, but uh, since January, they've only gotten their two wins, eight draws, and uh, four losses. So they're hovering at the bottom portion of the uh, league table where I think it's about like six points that separates uh, the bottom half from uh, the bottom of the rele relegation zone. So um, they're in a relegation uh, fight too. And uh, just yeah. uh, good to going to see here what the uh, Stubal team shows up on Sunday. Yeah. And Stubal has only won three times away from the Bonfim. So it's, uh, it it's going to be, this is going to be another tricky match uh, for Benfica. As we know, uh, the, in the first round, that was that whole uh, controversy with uh, when Benfica played at the Bonfim. That was a very uh, tough game and, and, and physical game uh, for Benfica. If you guys recall, Lito Vidigal, who was the coach at that time, said that Stubel was a terra de machos. Uh, and that's why the team played hard. So, I think this is going to be a very tough game for Benfica, especially coming from a game that it won't be easy against Eintracht Frankfurt this Thursday. Cristiano, what do you think about this Stubal matchup and Porto again playing earlier than Benfica? As I stated before, man, I think this all um, lies with, with what Bruno Lodge is going to decide to do on Thursday. Again, um, is he going to rotate players? Is he going to uh, rest some guys and obviously making uh, the Campeonato the, the main objective. And we'll see. But one thing's for sure. We know Stubo's going to come into the to lose, um, ready to play. They're going to come in and play very physical football. Every time they play Benfica, it seems like they play very physical football. And as you stated, uh, Porto playing earlier will we'll, we'll add that, 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 you know, unwanted pressure um, that Benfica has been nervously dealing with over the last couple of weeks. So, Hopefully we get another positive result at home and uh, keep chugging away the victories and until uh, the finish line and coming away with the Trinta set. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that's uh, that's pretty much all we got. I think that uh, it's been enough. Cristiano, man, you did did you run out of gas? Run out of energy with that whole uh, rent that you had? Very subdued that this this final uh, stretch of the podcast. Uh, again, as I as I as I said before, I, I can't to sit here and guesstimate on, on what exactly Bruno Lage is going to do on Thursday. I, I I can't talk about Sunday without knowing exactly what's going to happen on Thursday. I think it's too early. Uh, as I've stated many times, I hope if he could take and we can expect anything from it. Lodge, Absolutely. Really. I mean, for it's one thing I don't like to do is sit here and talk about. Uh, what ifs, and I, we'll just have to wait and see. Look, if, if if Benfica fields the regular eleven or as close to the eleven that we're accustomed to seeing, we'll know Benfica is trying to take that competition seriously, and then obviously going to try to get through that game without any injuries and try to get, keep guys as fresh as possible with the very important game on Sunday. And then if they don't and they rotate, you'll know that Benfica is 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 you know uh very focused on on on. The Reconquista, very focused on winning the Liga North title back from Futebol de Porto. And hopefully then Benfica comes in, uh, plays well. Playing at home is obviously 
at this stage of, of the season is is in my mind uh it's much more uh gives the team much more confidence than playing on the road it, it's still a difficult game but not as difficult as it would be playing on the road because of uh different circumstances um and we'll just see what kind of benfica shows up i mean uh hopefully it's the benfica that's hungry it's the benfica that means business it's the benfica that wants to to to, to win that game at all costs and again we'll just have to wait and see and hopefully they'll put the best foot forward dave yeah well uh it's funny cristiano talks about what uh lineup we're going to put out thursday but we've got some uh twitter questions here and one of them uh from mario uh is uh predictions on the starting 11 for uh thursday so uh what are your starting uh predictions for the lineup on thursday for europa league i think that uh, i'll give you i'll give you my 11 vlacodimus uh Almeida, Ferro, um, Dias, Grimaldo, Samaris and Florentino, uh, Rafa and Pizzi, Seferovic and João Félix. I think that's going to be, it's the strongest 11 that uh, that he could put out there. Cristiano, what do you think? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> You're not looking in your crystal ball? No, I'm not looking at my crystal ball, number one. Number two, I, I, don't, I, I don't think he's going to feel that lineup. Do you think I, he's gonna I, he's gonna rotate? I think you'll see Praikorcha play. You you probably see Jardel get in there. Um, I, that's what I, I mean. Obviously, the striker position you don't have many alternatives to Sverovic and Joan Felix with jo with Jonas being suspended. Maybe Jota gets a surprise start, but uh, you might see a, a Sferovic. I mean, a Sferovic, I'm sorry, a Zivkovic making an appearance, a, a Servi making an appearance, and I'm okay with that as long as we don't get to see Yuri Ribeiro. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> I mean, but I, yeah. I, think, I think that's probably you'll see a combination of that. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, you don't think he'll play as strong as eleven? Nowhere, nowhere near that lineup that you mentioned. I just, I honestly don't think that he'll do that. Again, I hope yeah. they do, but based on what I, we've seen from Bruno Lodge as a Benfica head coach in these competitions and anything but the league, the league and I would be surprised if that's the lineup. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you. I'd put Jardel, but I'd have uh, Jardel playing with uh, Ferru, uh, give Ruben Dias uh, some time off, uh, get some minutes for uh, Zivkovic, and uh, also get uh, Jetson playing in there uh, in the midfield with uh, Aphasia. Yeah, I thought Jetson uh, did very well against Sporting. Yeah, he, he came in at first, somebody that wasn't uh, expected to uh, pretty much play the, the full game with uh, Gabriel going down in the 18th minute. He held his own. Uh, and for somebody that hasn't been getting the uh, the minutes under uh, Bruno Lush, she did pretty well as well. Uh, another um, Twitter question from Justin. Can you guys shed some light on the hate that Tarapt is receiving from the fan base? Yeah, uh, like, I, like I said, Tarapt is, is a polarizing figure, right? So there's guys that will defend the, the, the club uh, – tooth and, and nail uh there's guys that will hold grudges over players that at one point or another in their career had a negative attitude or a negative action towards the club and i think a lot of the hate comes from the past three years tarap really hasn't done himself any favors to to be to to be in favor of a coach or, or to be at a coach's disposal uh, and now that he's finally, now that he's in last year of his contract, now he's playing. So th there's a lot of people that 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 feel that there's a certain Jekyll and Hyde on purpose by Tarapt. 
you could say that, or you could say that you finally have a coach who believes in a guy who's going to give him an opportunity and told him that from day one. And the guy, look, there's every player ticks, oh, you know, to a different tune, guys. Mm. Every single player, some guys need to to be kicked in the ass. Some guys need to be patted in the back. And it doesn't mean that it's the right way for every single player, but everybody needs to be treated differently. And Tadop might be one of those guys that needs a guy constructive criticism, but needs that positive push push behind them. And maybe there is something to the fact that he's getting in shape for his walk year. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he didn't just start getting in shape last week. All right. This is something that I think started way back in the summer and the previous coaching staff decided to turn their face at it. So you have to still give credit to Bruno Lage and this new coaching staff. You have to give credit to Tarap for at the end of the day, getting in shape and turning professional. It's better to turn professional at some point than never to turn professional. And right now, with all the injuries and the inconsistencies, he's proven to be you know, a, a, an important player on the team that, that Bruno Lage is turning to to start when you have guys like Rafa who have become as important as anyone on this roster being suspended. So for you to just hate on the guy just to hate, I think, is asinine. I think, look, he's helping Benfica right now, and we need all the help we could get. And if he helps us win the, the 37, all's forgotten. I don't really care. I mean, and if he walks, he walks. It is what it is. But I think that if you're going to hate on the guy, Make sure you hate on him when he helps you, when he scores the game or whatever, to, to the game-winning goal to clinch the 37. Because yeah. I'll be the first one to toot my horn right here. Is that, yeah. a, is that a dream scenario for you, Chris? I, I mean, look, with this ability, nothing surprises me. Yeah, right. I don't understand where all the hate comes from. He's not a, a Talishka figure where he's gone away from the club and, and talked crap about the club uh, either. But uh, we'll put a bow on that one. And the last uh, Twitter question is also from Justin. Uh, if you can name any three players or personnel at Benfica and give them a lifetime contract uh, that keep, that keeps them at the club for the remainder of their playing and coaching career, who would it be and why? That's tough, man. That's tough. Um, that's tough because uh, there's not many guys out there that are going to have a reign like Alex Ferguson, right, from the coaching standpoint. Uh, so far, I liked what I what I've seen from Laja. I think he's got fresh ideas. I think he's a he's a coach that thinks the game uh, in a modern sense. He approaches the game from modern from a modern sense. But I think that the coaches oftentimes they've kind of if they don't keep fresh, they kind of let their their ideas go stale. So to offer a, a contract. To a coach that's a, a life contract, I don't know if I would go. Again, the Sir Alex Ferguson, we got a different dynamic, right? Because you got a guy that is a figure in the locker room. You got a leader of men. You got a manager of men. And then he had the the, the support staff behind him keeping it fresh. We saw Kate Oz under him, which is the guy that was planning all the training. But it, Ferguson was always that prime figure. Um, it, it's tough. It's tough, Chris. Three guy, three guys I that that I, you would give a, a lifetime contract to. I, I, unless I heard the question totally wrong, or I heard it totally different than you did, I'm I'm not. And Dave, maybe you could re ask that question again. I don't think he meant player or coaches. It was a player or coach or player, player and their coaching staff. No, like their no player, or players or personnel. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so it was or person. I thought you because yeah. I was going to say, how do you even know some of these players want to be coaches when they retire? No, so players it was, or personnel. It's only one coach. I mean, um, Felix. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with. I'd love to see Felix uh, throughout uh, the rest of the game. Look to make it nice and simple, straight up the middle, up the gut. Felix, Florentino. Hmm? And Ferro or Ruben, but you know Jota. I can't. I I don't know what Jota is right now. Um, Jota to me is still you know uh, an enigma. I don't know what I'm getting. I mean, hopefully it's great, but we don't know. Um, again, I was I was saying those three players, but I'm, I'm gonna sub one of them out. Uh, for my boy Trapped. <laughs> that just gonna anger yeah, me. Yeah, I so I would not? go. I would go with Felix. I, I you know I would go with. Uh, with Ruben Diaz just because of the leadership personality that he has. And regardless of him, of me thinking that at this point, Ferro offers more than Diaz does on the field. I think that leadership qualities that he has and the way he feels the team, I think he would be a guy to keep around much like Luizan, but we know that that's not realistic anyway, but yeah, I think uh, I think that Florentino, Felix, and and Diaz will be uh, two guys that I would love to see uh, do their whole career at Benfica. Three guys. Yeah. Three guys. Sorry. Yeah, I have Ferru, Florentino, João Felix as well, but uh, I also have some uh, honorable mentions. Like you're cheating. Louis, Only three. Louis Zone is a part of the personnel, so I would also give him a lifetime contract, and I'm sure that. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's also going to be. He, he might already have the lifetime contract, and uh, maybe even a Jonas too, because uh, we'll see when his uh, playing career winds down, whether he returns to Brazil or if he uh, stays with the club. You know as well. who I would uh, offer a lifetime contract uh, to? Pablo Aymar. That guy, I would love to see that guy connected to Benfica to the end of his days because not only he's a class act, he's been a class act on a field, he's a class act off the field. Now that he is involved with Argentina's uh, younger national teams, uh, he is a guy that I often catch clips on the internet speaking about uh, not so much football, not so much football because he understands the context in which he is in right now. He's dealing with young men with personalities that need to be shaped. And I think that is his discourse and the message that he's that he's giving these young men is something that will last a lifetime. And I would love for him to be at Benfica, being able to uh, give those messages to to the our academy products. It's a it's a good pick. It's off the board. No, I don't think nobody was expecting uh, that yeah. one. And uh, yeah, he was. He had a great career with uh, Benfica. Towards the end of his career, would have liked it if he came about yep. three or four years earlier. But you know, people still talk about him uh, to this day. Yeah. So that's it. That's all we got uh, for this week. Uh, it's been a little bit of a long one. Next week we'll be back. We'll be we'll break down this uh, Eintracht uh, first uh, leg. We'll also break down. Uh, the game over the weekend against Stubble. We look ahead to the second leg, which uh, happens uh, a week from this Thursday. Uh, and uh, we'll look ahead also what Befica has uh, in, the in, in the weekend after that. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find Cristiano at 10CO10. Just 
don't uh, fill his uh, timeline with uh, WWE stuff and WrestleMania. Dave is at, uh, what is it? 87 DO 87? At WWE. <laughs> at WWE <laughs> Oliveira. And uh, at Benfica Podcast is where you can find uh, the Twitter for, for the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for, for checking us out. BenficaPodcast.com. Also on Facebook and, and anywhere else. Find us on iTunes. You're probably listening to us on iTunes, so on and so forth. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, great uh, week. And uh, Forza Bifica. Later. Later.